0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Fox River. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Jason. I'm our student pastor here, and I get to work with our middle and high school students and teach them all about Jesus and what it means to follow him in this world. Uh, and I, I love what I do. I got I think I have the best job in the world. No offense to your jobs. I think my job is the best, I love it. Um, And one of the things I love the most is the students. And if you have teenagers in your home, you might think that's crazy, but I think they're pretty awesome. And one of the coolest things about them is their desire to see the world become a better place. And they actually want to contribute to making it a better place, they have ideas, They have a hunger, and they wanna be a part of making it a better place, and I love that about them. I wanna ask you, raise your hand if you think the world could be a better place. Okay, pretty much everybody. All right, let me ask another question. Now, honestly, have you genuinely made efforts to make the world a better place? Raise your hand if you feel like you have. That's awesome. That's awesome to see so many hands, but I do wanna point something out, not to shame the room, but there were significantly fewer hands raised for the second question than the first question. Why do we think that might be? Well, I think that sometimes we convince ourselves that what we do doesn't really matter, that we're one person and the world is too hopeless and lost and broken, or the problem is too big for me to make any real difference, so we kind of just do our thing and, and go on, right? And I understand that. I understand looking at issues and problems that way. It can be overwhelming. But today I wanna to help us look at this uh, in a better way and hope that we can make 2024 different, that we can make 2024 a year of action, taking action into actually contributing to make this world a better place in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for this time together that we get to gather here and worship and hear from you. God, I know that you've got some things to say to us today. I know you're gonna be speaking to some of us and I pray that you would help us to listen and hear what you have to say. I pray, God, that we would leave here closer to you than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when I found out I was gonna be up here this weekend, I was excited, uh, because I love to do this. Um, And I asked Pastor Guy if I would be able to teach on my favorite verse in the Bible. Thankfully, he said yes. So, I get to share that with you, and also how I think it will help us tremendously in 2024. And I'll do that in a little bit. One of the things that has had the, the largest impact on my life is how I make decisions. Um, and some years back, I dedicated some time and some thought to evaluating how I go about making decisions, like what goes on in my head and what happens in my heart. How do how do I? What's my process when it comes to making decisions? And I learned some things. And from those things that I learned, I made a commitment to God and to myself that I would not allow fear to dictate my decisions. Now, I wish I could say that that commitment got rid of all my fears. It did not. I still have fear and anxieties and worries just like everybody else in here. But I made a commitment to God that I wouldn't let those things dictate my decisions. One of the favorite books that I've ever read, of my favorite books, is titled Originals by Adam Grant. And this book talks about risk-taking. Risk-taking and doing new things. And while it's talking about that, it also talks about decision-making throughout the whole book. And it tells us that, as people, we typically approach a decision-making time using one of two types of logic. Either the logic of consequence or the logic of appropriateness. Now, the logic of consequence primarily thinks about the possible consequences that can come from this decision. And it has us ask the question, what could go wrong? Does anybody think about things that way? Like, what could go wrong here, right? Yeah, that's understandable. But the other side, the logic of appropriateness primarily thinks about if this is something I would do at this time. And it has us ask the question, what does a person like me do in a situation like this? Let me give you an example. Um, Do we have any baseball fans in here? A few, okay, perfect. I love baseball. Uh, how about Jackie Robinson? You guys know who Jackie Robinson is? All right, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947. Um, now I love stats and sports stats, it helps us understand a lot of things, and one of Jackie Robinson's stats is that he stole 200 bases in his career. Now, that's, that's not that many, compared to other major league players. It's, it's 200 more bases than I have stolen in my life, but it's not that many. And for context, the all-time stolen base leader is Ricky Henderson, who has stolen 1,408. So you can see there's a significant difference between the best and Jackie Robinson. Now there's an interesting thing, though, within that stat for both of these players. This is home plate. All right, this is where you wanna get in the game of baseball. You get a hit, you get on base, you wanna go all the way around those bases and come back and cross home plate because that means you've just scored a run for your team. All right, and runs are crucial, and they're not easy to get. You gotta fight for each one that you want, and you need them if you wanna win games because you need more runs than the other team to actually win. All right, so crossing home plate is crucial to winning baseball games. One of the riskiest things anyone can do in any sport, all of sports, is attempt to steal home. It's incredibly risky, it's incredibly rare because of how risky it is. Now why is it so risky? Well, the distance from third base to home is 90 feet. The distance from the pitcher to home is 60 feet. So in order to successfully steal home, you have to cover 90 feet running on foot faster than the pitcher can throw a baseball 90 plus miles an hour, 60 feet. Does that seem impossible to anybody? Yeah, it's extremely difficult, and it's very risky. Now, looking at those two players, Ricky Henderson in his career, out of 1,408 stolen bases, only one of them was a steal of home. Jackie Robinson, out of his 200 stolen bases, 19 of them were steals of home. How can that be? It doesn't seem to make any sense, right? That this guy who was mediocre at stealing is far superior at stealing home than the best base stealer of all time. Well, so he actually uh, gave us some insight into this when he was asked about stealing home one time when he stole home during a World Series game. Uh, which is the biggest game in baseball. It's the championship, and he decided there to steal home. And he made it, and the reporters want to know, you know, what made you do that? <laughs> well, he said, it was not the best strategy to steal home with our team two runs behind, but I just took off and did it. I really didn't care whether I made it or not. What kind of logic is that? That is wild. I, I've i never heard someone explain their decision-making in that way. Like, I didn't care what happened. I just did it. Now, I don't, I don't believe fully that he he didn't care. I think if he would have got caught and he would have cost his team uh, a chance of winning and he would have gotten out, I, I think he would have felt bad. I think he would have been upset. I think he would have maybe regretted doing it. But what he's saying is there were a million reasons not to steal home. Like a million. But I didn't think about those things. I just thought... Would I do that right now? Is this what I would do at this time? And then he did it. Jackie Robinson in his life used the logic of appropriateness and it allowed him to do some pretty incredible things in his life, like break the color barrier in Major League Baseball and to have the courage to face the harassment and the death threats that he received by doing that. Jackie Robinson approached a decision, a moment where he had to choose something, and instead of running through the list of possible things that could go wrong or what could happen, he simply asked, is this something that I would do in this moment? Now, let me dive a little deeper into these terms. With logic of consequence, I think it's important that we understand that every decision we make has consequences. There are no exceptions to that. Every decision we make has consequences. The definition of consequence is a result or effect of an action or condition. So it literally means what happens when you do something. So there are consequences. There is a cost to every decision that we make. Simple example, all right? Let's say we wake up in time to eat breakfast, which is rare for me. I'm not a morning person. Anybody else not a morning person? Okay, there's a lot of morning people in here. That's awesome. Uh, but I actually woke up in time to eat breakfast, and I got to choose between two cereal options, okay? I got Raisin Bran, and I got Captain Crunch. All right, these are my two options. Now, what are the consequences of choosing Raisin Bran? Well, it's the healthier option. That's good. But on the flip side, I don't get to eat delicious Captain Crunch. All right, now what are the consequences of choosing Captain Crunch? Well, it's the least healthy option, so that's not great. Uh, But I get to eat delicious Captain Crunch. And your mouth feels like you just ate a bowl of glass. (laughs) So there are costs to every decision that we make, big or small, there are always a cost. Now, decision-making using a logic of consequence will always give us a reason not to act. There will always be reasons not to do something. Always. Our logic of appropriateness has us look at it a little bit differently. Instead of looking outward at the possible consequences or the possible outcome of a decision, it has us look inward to our identity. And where do we find our identity? This is where my favorite verse in the Bible comes into play. It's Ephesians 2.10, and it is the single most potent and powerful verse on identity and purpose in the whole Bible. Well, that's my opinion, but this is why I love this verse, because it's packed with so much powerful things for us. Ephesians 2.10, it says, "'For we are God's masterpiece.'" He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, I think we should read that together. Let's try reading this together, here we go. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, right out of the gate, this verse says we're God's masterpiece. So we could probably just stop right there. That feels pretty good, right? Of all creation, and you guys have seen creation. There's some beautiful things out there. God says we are his masterpiece. Now, if I'm being honest, I don't always feel like a masterpiece. Uh, Sometimes I feel like a mess. Sometimes I feel like I'm just faking it until I make it and hoping nobody notices. And sometimes I get caught up in the comparison game. Uh, Like, I wish I was more like that person or... I wish I looked more like that guy. Anybody relate to those things? Yeah. And I get those things. Those are tough things. Um, We, in my home, we have a value, and we say weird is good. Weird is good because weird is what makes you unique. Weird is what makes you different than everybody else. Weird is what makes you stand out as an individual. So we say, weird is good. We actually brought that into Fox River students. We have a a list of house rules um, that we have for our gatherings, and one of them says, keep it weird. Keep it weird. So we tell students to stop apologizing for what makes you different. Stop apologizing for what makes you unique, because that's what makes you stand out. That's how God created you. That way. So, this is true for all of us students, my house, all of you in this room. Like, you were not created to be normal, whatever that means. Like, you were actually created to stand out, to stand out, to be unique, to make a difference. So, even when you feel like a mess, which, if we're being honest, is probably fairly often, right? even when you feel like a mess, God says you are a masterpiece. Now Ephesians 2.10 continues and it says, we were created anew in Christ Jesus. Created anew in Christ Jesus. Which tells us that there was a cost to make us that way. There was a great cost to make us into that masterpiece. The God loves us so much that when our sin separated us from him, when it broke our relationship with him, he made a way to make it right. He created a way to reunite us with him again. And that was him making the decision, choosing to send his son Jesus to this earth. And then Jesus came to this earth and made the decision to die on the cross for each one of us. He chose to do that for each one of us. And he did that so that we could have that relationship with God back, so it could be restored, so that we could be this masterpiece, but he also did it so that we could experience life to the full here. Like, he he didn't just do it just to secure our eternity, which is a huge part of it, but he also did it so that we could experience a fullness of life here on earth, in John ten ten. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that they, all of us, may have life and have it to the full. Now, there's some important decisions in here for us. And the first one of those is the decision to choose and accept Jesus as your savior. To believe in what he did for you on the cross and to accept his free gift, of salvation, that's your first decision. Because you won't find that which you were created for until you connect to the one who created you for it. Now, the second decision is the decision to live on mission. To live on mission for Jesus. So to act and do things that serve the world, right? to make the world a better place, to make the decision to serve. Saying yes to Jesus saves you from the consequences of your sin, yes. But it also begins to unlock your God-given potential here. Now, do you remember when I asked the question about can the world be a better place? And you're all like, yes, of course it can. Now this verse continues and actually starts to tell us how we can go about making the world a better place. you're like, wow, it tells us how to do that? Yes, it does. Ephesians 2.10, it goes on and says, to do the good things he planned for us long ago. How do we make the world a better place? By doing the good things that he planned for us long ago. Now what are these good things? make it as simple as possible, these good things are to serve and share. To serve others and to share Jesus with others. Now a few weeks ago, Pastor Rob told us about the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Like this is something that we all should be doing. We all should be sharing the good news of Jesus with others because it's part of what we were created to do. I and mean, when you think about it like this, salvation, Jesus is our savior, isn't just about us and our salvation. If it was, then the day that I said yes to Jesus as my savior, the day I accepted him as my savior, God would've snapped his fingers and taken me home right to heaven because my work would be done. But he didn't. Why? Because we exist to share Jesus with others. Like, You are still here because you are on assignment. You still have work to do. You still have value and purpose here. I know that 2023 was difficult for a lot of us. Um, And some of you over the past year, maybe even now still, have doubted that you actually have value and purpose here. That there's still meaning for you to be here and maybe even wondered if you still needed to be here. Well, God says you're still here because there's still things for you to do. You're still here because you still have value. You still have purpose. You still have a reason for being here and that reason is to connect to Jesus but also to do the good things he created you to do. Understanding what Ephesians 2.10 tells us gives us what we need to look at our lives, our neighborhoods, our schools, and our workplaces, and to say it doesn't have to be this way. It could actually be better. And then it helps us move in a way that makes things better. When we look at logic of appropriateness again, Ephesians 2.10 not only explains why it is appropriate for us to act, for us to serve, and for us to share, but it tells us that it's actually what we were created to do. We were created to be on mission to do good things in the name of Jesus. So in 2024, will you commit to doing what you were created to do? Serve and share. Now we have a 2025 vision here at Fox River and it says this, Fox River will shine brightly as a city on a hill led by 4,000 active disciples, individual beacons of light sharing the transformational message and life-changing power of Jesus with every family in our community as we welcome 2,000 new believers to faith by 2025. Our hope is that everyone in here will be part of those active disciples, those people actively living on a mission for Jesus that will help us share Jesus with people so that we can add thousands more to the followers of Jesus. That's our goal. Now, when it comes to sharing, I think it's good to know that you interact with people every day that could use the good news of Jesus. Every single day. You might already be starting to think of those people. Names are already popping into your mind. People that you interact with every day who need Jesus. Now, when I was in middle school, someone invited me to their youth group. And it was in that place that I met Jesus. And I can say with all confidence that that invitation changed my life. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I am certain that that invitation changed my life. So would you take that step and invite someone? Would you invite someone to attend church with you on a weekend? Would you invite them to come here and spend a weekend with us to hear about Jesus? Students, would you invite your friends to come to student nights on Wednesdays to come with you and be a part of what's going on, to hear about Jesus and what he says about them. Would you take that step of inviting someone to the community of Jesus? I understand if you're a bit hesitant to do that, um, because again, there are possible consequences, right? You might get rejected, you might, who knows, it might affect a relationship, you don't know what's gonna happen if you extend that invitation, they might say no. Right, There's, there's a million reasons not to invite someone. But I would ask that you pray about it first. Instead of running through the list of things that could go wrong, you pray about it and ask God for courage. But you also ask God to reveal even more names that you could invite. And that's for the courage to act as someone who's created to share the good news of Jesus. And then invite them. Do what you were created to do. Now when it comes to serving, there's a a beautiful truth about serving is that you weren't just created to serve, you were, but you were also gifted to serve. Meaning you have been given a, a list of strengths and talents that allow you to serve in a way that only you can. There is no other you in the world. And if you make the decision to not serve, and you are actually robbing the world of something beautiful because we don't get to experience you doing what you were created to do. Now, I could point you in a thousand different directions when it comes to serving. There's opportunities to serve all over the world. We just heard about Kenya, and we've, we know some of the things that happen here. But I want to try to give you um, some specific things to just help you get started in finding where it is you are supposed to connect to serving in 2024, part of our uh, 2025 vision is launching a new campus. Our North Campus will open in Easter of 2024, which is coming up pretty quick. And we need people to attend there. We need people to serve there. We need people to be a part of that campus to reach the people in that community for Jesus. We need people to go to serve and share there. So if you have questions about that campus, if you'd like to know more, or this is the first time you're hearing about it and you're intrigued, wherever you're at with it, I would tell you that there is a launch meeting January 8th at 6.30 that you should be a part of. Just go there and listen. There's no pressure, not, not a commitment. Just go and get your questions answered. Or you can go to the display right outside those doors before you leave today and talk to somebody about that campus and if that is the right place for you to fit in doing what you were created to do you could join a serve team here also at Fox River. There's a bunch of different serve teams. There's people serving all over the place. We saw how many people raised their hands for serving at Christmas. And there are people serving all of the time here and there's a lot of opportunities. Now, if I could maybe suggest something specific, I'm a little biased, but... If you would like to invest in the next generation for Jesus, if you wanna be a part of pointing kids and students to knowing their savior Jesus and helping them understand what it means to be a follower of his, then you should consider joining Fox River Kids or Fox River Students and making an impact on the next generation in the name of Jesus. You can scan the QR code in front of you, and you can see all the different serve opportunities that exist there, or, um, and you can scan the QR code, that's fine, but this is better. You can stop by the Welcome Center, either here at Waukesha or at Muskego. You can stop by the Welcome Center and talk to somebody there, and they'll answer all your questions about serving. Now, I bet they're waiting for you right now, so just get ready. Before you leave, stop by there, and they'll answer your questions. They'll help explain all the different opportunities that exist, and they will actually help you find the one that is right for you. Like We're not interested in just putting you somewhere. We want to put you where God is calling you to serve. And so they will help you find where that place is. So make sure you do that before you head out today. Now, towards the end of his life, Jesus was faced with a decision. And it was a decision that was weighing on him greatly. In fact, he told his his friends, his closest friends, his disciples, that he was overwhelmed to the point of death. The book of Luke says his sweat was like drops of blood. In this moment, Jesus wasn't thinking about the possible outcomes or the possible consequences that would come from him moving forward. He knew exactly what was coming for him every excruciating detail. As he sat here praying moments before he would be betrayed by one of his closest friends, Judas, and arrested and beaten and ultimately hung on a cross and killed. He's praying to his father and he says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me in this moment of, of feeling what's coming, he says, God, if, if there is any other way for your plan to save them to be successful, can we do that instead? Now, thankfully for me and for all of us and for the world, Jesus chose to move forward in obedience to his father, but also in obedience to what he was sent here to do. And that was to die for you and for me. And that decision changed the world. And it absolutely made the world a better place. So when we face the decision to serve and share, are we going to approach that thinking about the possible consequences or the things that could go wrong or whether or not what we do will actually matter? or we think about what is appropriate for us as followers of Jesus, when we think about what we we were created to do. Can you imagine if all of us in this room lived as the masterpiece that we are, created through what Jesus did for us to do the good things that we were created to do. Can you imagine if we all lived like that? I think that truly would make this world a better place. Herb Brooks, who was the coach of the United States men's hockey team in the 1980 Winter Olympics, and they beat the Russians, which is still one of the largest upsets in sports history. He told his players, he says, you are born to be a player. You are meant to be here at this time. This is your moment. All of you were born to be followers of Jesus. You are meant to be here at this point in human history. This is your moment. Now do something with it. Do something to make this world better place now I want to take Ephesians 210 and I want to personalize it a bit for us right? because sometimes we read words on a page or we hear someone talking them at us and we, we don't really adopt them as truth for ourselves. We just sort of sit and nod our heads. But I want you to interact with the truths in this verse. So I'm gonna say three things and I want you to repeat each one after me like you mean them. Are you guys ready? Two, two of you are. Are the rest of you ready? Okay, perfect. All right, here, here, here's the first one. Repeat after me. I am a masterpiece of God. I was made that way through Jesus. I was created to do good things. All right, that was pretty good. I think we can do better than that. Let's try this one more time, all right? And this time say it like you really mean it, all right? I am a masterpiece of God. I was made that way through Jesus. I was created to do good things. That was good. That was better. Now, I hope you believe those things. And I hope you believe those things not just because I'm saying them, but I hope you believe them because God says them about you. So they're true. Now in a second, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna give you the opportunity to make a decision. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus as your Savior for the first time. I'm gonna give you that time to say yes. Also, If you've already said yes to Jesus, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say yes and make a commitment to God to live on mission in 2024 to help make this world a better place. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for speaking to us. God, I know that you had things to say to some of us. God, I pray for courage right now. I pray for boldness. there are some in this room that are about to make a decision I pray that you give them the strength that they need to do just that if you're sitting in here now and you are ready today to say yes to your savior Jesus to accept his gift of salvation to save you from the consequences of your sin but also to begin unlocking your God given potential on this earth in your life if you're ready to say yes to Jesus would you raise your hand And if you're sitting here, you've already accepted Jesus as your savior. You know that, you're good there. But you wanna make the decision today to commit to God to live on mission in 2024. And you wanna commit to being part of making this world a better place. Would you raise your hand? God, we thank you for those that raised their hands and made decisions today. God, I pray that you would give them the courage and strength they need to step forward into this new journey and this new mission that they've just accepted. God, I pray that you would help us as a church come alongside them and support and encourage and equip them to live for you. We thank you. And all God's people. If said, you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at org, or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.